Which of these do you fall into? You're too hesitant to put yourself out there because you're afraid that you're going to be spammy, or you're putting yourself out there so much that you are spamming people and you don't even realize it. We're breaking it down today, right here, right now, on Air Brands. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the On Air Brand Show. I am Todd Genitasio with my co-host, Amber Furman. Amber, what is going on? I got to get my Zoom card here. You're on mute. Uh-oh. That is one way to make sure that you don't spam people is by keeping it's your by, microphone like, on being mute. Unmute. Yes. Yeah. I'm so used to being unmuted when I come in. Um, no, I said I'm doing great and I'm excited to be here. I missed everyone last week. So it's yeah, nice to yeah. Be back. Well, you know, everybody is clamoring to know. Did you win the case? You know, that's everybody. I mean, I my client's still here. I think that's All the right, most that's I can win. ask for. So that's, yeah, yeah for count, now. We, we count that as a win. We count that right? as a win. Right. So you just dropped a bomb on me right before <laughs> we came live. And uh, we're talking about spamming people or not spamming people and how to match your intentions of goodwill uh, in a way that will connect. And you tell me that you now have these buttons for your dog to basically just slam on constantly to tell you <laughs> that, that the dog wants to go outside. What are these buttons that, that dogs can now spam their owners with? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for this. So I just got them yesterday. And um, there's also a book that goes along with it called How Stella Learned to Talk. Um, <laughs> and the basically the, the backstory is that this woman who is a speech pathologist got her puppy and started to realize that there were similarities in the way that her dog was communicating with her that a child would communicate right before they said their first words. And then she realized that, you know, obviously dogs don't develop verbal speech. So she started thinking about her nonverbal clients that she worked with and the tools that they use to let them push buttons to be able to say what they want. And thought, I wonder if um, my dog can do this. And so she started this trend of teaching her dog how to communicate. Um, and her dog now has like 50 buttons and will create phrases. And you can you can search like Stella Talks on Google and find a ton. Um, so I got three buttons and I'm reading her book right now. She said it took about a month before her dog showed any interest in the buttons. <laughs> and then like another couple of weeks before she would push them intentionally. So I'm being patient, yeah. but I'm really excited. It's going to be this a is, lot of fun. This is insane. Insane to me that, that uh, what a great idea. I'm surprised that I'm <laughs> actually surprised it's taken this long for somebody to do this with the way people, you know, can get a little obsessive with their pets to, to want to be able to communicate with them. This is why. Yeah. I mean, that's what she said is that when she decided she was going to try this, she started researching it because she knew she couldn't be the first. Right. And sure enough, like nobody had really done it. There wasn't a lot out there. So she used a lot of what she knew from speech pathologists to correlate Crazy. to her dog. And, and it, the videos out there are insane. Yeah. Yeah. I got to look this up. So, 
Before dogs get into spamming too much, <laughs> what, what are we talking about here today? I'm really excited. We're going to talk about how to set up your marketing in a way that it doesn't feel spammy, how to kind of get over that feeling of, of spammy to begin with. Because I think there's that hurdle of, am I really being spammy or am I projecting that on somebody else? And then on the other side of that, was I really spammy or is somebody receiving it in that mm -hmm. way? And so there's so much that goes on in mindset, communication, and then added to what Todd does with the actual way that we execute this plan that dictates whether we're successful or not. So digging into all that today. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. I love it. And so this is something that we talked about back uh, two weeks ago on episode 13, talking about the ADA model and, and having intention with your messaging. And I think, you know, when usually when we talk about communications and intentions, it's almost like, well, what are my goal? What are my business goals? Like, that's my intention. Like I want to get more sales. But when you're talking about like setting intention for conversations, you know, get us on the same page. What is it that you're talking about? Yeah. So I think that this is a kind of black hole that a lot of people fall in when they first start. And I know I did where, I wanted to connect with people. I really wanted to get to know them and learn who they are. And at the same time, we only have so many hours in a day and we have a business to run and we need to make money and we want to talk about our products and services. And so, so many people will fall in this. I want to connect. I want to talk to you. And that means that I can't talk about anything that I'm doing, right? Because I just want to get to know you. Well, how effective is that? Uh, to be able to jump on a call and then have to set up another call later on down the road. So then you talk to, you know, some professionals that will say, well, if it naturally comes up, go ahead and, and talk about it. Well, then how do you avoid feeling spammy? And I went through this for a long time of setting up connection calls, wasting my time because I wasn't talking about my products and services. And then I did a podcast interview and my guest said to me, there's a difference between intention and objective. Mm. And your objective can always be to eventually enroll them in a program, to eventually talk about the options that are available that you may have. But your intention always, hands down, has to be value-based and connection-based. Other than that, there's they'll see right through it. And it took me a little bit to decide how this was going to play into my strategy when I was reaching out to people. The reality is, though, if you really come at it from a place of saying, my intention is just to get to know you. Whatever comes from this is going to flow naturally and, and we'll figure out where that goes towards a particular objective. Then I think that you lessen that spam feel. Mm -hmm. And then also like this isn't a one call process, right? Right. It's not like you're going to get somebody on a call and go from intention to objective in 25 minutes. Yeah. You know, and even getting someone on a call requires outreach, right? Like you mentioned the outreach. And to me, this is where I see the most spam. And you said something key there about what your podcast guest said to you um, is that you have to be value based, right? And I say that all the time, value first, education based, customer centric. And when people are sending out messages and look, I don't, I don't have anything against automation for outreach to create a conversation initially, right? Like if I'm going to say generally the same thing, um, to a hundred different people, like you don't need to send a hundred one-on-one. Like if you, if you can, if you can finesse it in a way that makes sense, but it's the, it's the message that's in the automation that makes it spammy to me or not. And so I get all these, I get all these messages in my inbox that say, Todd, thanks for connecting. I see 
and and it's also again the messaging and finessing properly. So my company name on LinkedIn, I don't even know it off the top of my head. My my agency is called Tresnik Media, but on LinkedIn <laughs> it's called like Tresnik Media Sales and Marketing LLC or something like that, or like Sales and Marketing New Jersey. Like you know, it's like this long that if you look at it as a human, you know that's not the name of the company. Like you wouldn't use that as the name. But I get these messages every single day that that are like, Hey Todd, we see you you own Tresnik Media Sales and Marketing LLC in New Jersey, and you know, how are your problems over, you know, what problems do you have over there? We have a great portfolio, the 17 links underneath. Uh, when are you, when can you have a call to talk about our services? Right? Like yeah. I get five of those a day. And yeah, those I have are a... the spam messages, right? But like yeah. those people don't have the intention of connection and value. No, not at all. And if they do, it's hidden where the intention comes after their objective. And mm -hmm. the intention has to come first. Yeah. I, you know, Todd, I have a really sick sense of humor and I love those messages because I like <laughs> to respond and engage with them. Um, because think about it. Like, let's let's talk about Facebook groups for a minute, because mm -hmm. this is the one that irks me the most. Yeah. Is like, hey, friend request. And then if you're lucky, you get a message in between mm -hmm. the friend request and the invite to join the Facebook group, right? Yeah. If I get a request to join a Facebook group from somebody I've never had a conversation with, it's automatically a no-go for me. Yeah. Um, but then you get these messages that's like the day after you get a friend request and you know they're talking about how their group can solve your problems or yep. their product and service can solve your problems. How do you know you don't know my problems, right? right? So just from a sales point, not even necessarily from like this spammy idea, but mm -hmm. from how are you going to sell to somebody that you don't know? Yeah. You have to get to know them first. And so I started to think of my Facebook group and my programs as my house where I would live. I like and instead of thinking of Facebook or LinkedIn or Instagram as a social media platform, I tried to bring it into like real life. Would you ever walk down the street, meet somebody that you have never met before, not say hi to them, give them a key to your house and just wait for them to come over whenever they wanted and just introduce themselves with no introduction, right? We would never do it. So why do we think that's socially acceptable on social media? Yeah, this is great. This is one I got. So last week we had Mike Ham on, who's a great example of how to do this properly. And I'll get I'll get into breaking that down in a little bit. But last week he was on the show. So when I shared the episode on Facebook, uh, a complete stranger who I'm not even friends with on Facebook commented and said, hey, Todd, check your message requests or junk, bo junk box. Thanks. Smiley face. So I... I go over to Messenger and I have a message oh, from no. this person and we have one mutual friend who I is not even someone that I know personally. And the message just says, Hey Todd, can we discuss something related to business? So I see, I see where this is going, right? So I, I sent, I say, yeah, for sure. And I give him a link to my Stripe checkout page <laughs> for a $500 product called discussions related to business. <laughs> and oh. he replies and says no acknowledgement of that whatsoever and just says actually we're a small web design company we help marketing agencies by managing their workload and saving their budget we charge 250 dollars and would like to help your business are you interested to see our portfolio i said no thank you and so I actually wrote up a very long and hilarious response. And I was like, ah, I'm not going to drag this on. And I, I, I screenshotted it for my own entertainment. And then I said, no, thanks. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, like that that question of how much time do I have to to have yeah. fun with this person that yeah. is so oblivious, right? And and that type of a response makes me question whether it's actually a human sending those yeah. messages, you know? Yeah, and and you know, I try to put myself in the shoes of these other people sometimes, and I think there are there definitely are a percentage of them that don't know any better. Right. And they're like, I love my, I love the web design services we offer. And I think that they're great and that they would help marketing agencies. So I'm going to go and send this message to as many marketing agency owners as I can, because I want to help them, but it doesn't land the right way. And so talk to me about like, when there is an outreach message to a stranger, how can you do that in a way? How can you frame that <clears throat> message in a way that doesn't just come off purely selfish and spammy. Yeah, I think that the guideline of just taking it out of internet world into face-to-face -face communication that we all miss so much is so important. Yeah. Like, this is the product and service that I offer. I would love to get to know you mm -hmm. so that we can talk about whether or not this might be a good fit for you. Mm -hmm. um, there's everybody knows, right? I, I nobody needs more friends. I mean, some people <laughs> might, but but if you're getting a message on social media from somebody that you don't know, you can tell. Yeah. You know, it, it's either, and I don't know which one is worse because when somebody just sends me a message that says, "Hey," mm -hmm. with nothing else, I'm like, "Are you a fake profile that wants me to send money to a prince in India? Right. Are you <laughs> gonna sell me something? Like, I need something more about this." Hey, and I think. When we were at PodMax last time and Steve Sims came and talked and he talked about the power of the question why. Mm -hmm. Like somebody wants to talk to you, they, you're sending a message to somebody, you should expect the question why from them. Right. Because if they're asking you, why do you want to jump on a call? Then that means that you've got at least some of their interest, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so many people send this message and then they think, they're almost afraid of the response, right? right? Because either they haven't been taught any better or they just don't care because yeah. they're sending a must, enough of these messages that the four or five that are going to fall right. through the cracks are sufficient for them. Yeah. And so they don't care. But for those of you who are listening to this podcast, you obviously care. And just making it human. I yeah. want to get to know you. I see that you're up to this, but it has to be real. It has yeah. to be real. Yeah. I like to do uh, short message with a question that just opens a conversation right like you know and and not anything i don't i don't do a lot of this these days um but it's not like uh hey amber thanks for the connection how's business like that yeah. that's like the simplest most easy thing to do but like oftentimes uh, you know i'll try and come up with something that might be a little more specific or a little more personable, like, oh, this isn't like a generic blast out to everybody, right? Like, might be like, how's the podcast going? Or, yeah. you know, so stuff like some something like that. But then the other thing is, because there is so much noise out there and true spam, it's hard to break through and get seen, even when you are well-intentioned, even when you do the right thing on the first mention. And something you said before was, you have to be persistent. You have to follow up. You have to keep showing up. And if you do that in a way like that, there's, you know, if you Google cold outreach strategy or LinkedIn automation, there's all these things that'll give you, oh, well, you know, visit the profile, you know, our software will visit the profile so that they can see that you visited their profile. Then two days later, sends them a connection request with a note. Then it sends a follow, then it sends a first message, then a second message, blah, blah, blah. And it keeps sending messages. And again, the automation is not bad if you use it, if you have the right messages to just be the first part to open the conversation so that they respond and then you pick it up. 
But the other thing is, I just ignore all of like, if I'm not opening my inbox anymore, if I'm not reading the message, doesn't matter how many messages you send me, because I'm not even going to read them. But what you can do once you get connected to someone, whether it's LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, wherever, is this is the brilliance of what Mike Ham does, is once you're connected, you use the power of the feed content mm -hmm. to stay in front of them. And so, you know, if everybody you go back and check out last week's episode, season three, episode 14, right? Was that it? Uh, I moved my notes here to check out that that spam message I had to share. Yeah, last week was season three, episode 14 with, uh, with Mike Ham, where we talked about his business. He's in title insurance. And he started doing uh, his podcast and, and sharing clips from his podcast all the time because that was just valuable conversations for people in the real estate industry. And once he was connected to someone, they started seeing him in his feed all the time and in their feeds all the time. I started seeing him on the feed all the time. And then that's how he ended up being a guest host last week when you couldn't make it. So yeah. once you get connected, it's not just continuously sending messages to people who don't reply because like if they're not replying to the messages, they're probably not reading or they've already put you, even if they open it, they've put you in the spam box in their head. Like I'm ignoring this person. I'm not going to reply now. Right. Yeah. And, and that's a part of our like subconscious identity is once we make a decision, we don't like to go back on our decision because then we're telling ourselves we were wrong and we don't like to do that kind of thing. So once we kind of like, if we read a message from someone and I'm like, this guy seems spammy, doesn't matter how many follow-ups you send. Cause I'm not even going to read the words. I'm like, that guy's in the spam box, just in my mind. Yeah. And when you can show up valuably in the feed by consistently putting out content with something like having a podcast or a video show and sharing those clips, now you become relevant to those people. They see that you're putting out value first and then they can, you know, they start liking, commenting, and then you can engage with them as a follow-up. And you can also use that content. Like imagine if instead of saying this guy, you know, if this guy says, you know, we're, we're web design, you know, whatever he said, we, we help web design companies, uh, if instead of just saying, let's discuss business, now I have to give you my time. I have to commit to talking to a complete stranger. You obviously look like spam. If it was like, I see you run a marketing agency and you have website design listed as services. We put this great blog post together, or we did this great podcast episode a couple of weeks ago where the guests talked about how they lowered their uh, their costs so that they could increase their profit, profit and uh, still serve their clients effectively here's a link to that episode, or do you want a link to that episode? Now, all of a sudden, we're coming from that place of, in, of value first intention, of goodwill and connection. It's relevant to the services that mm -hmm. I'm ultimately going to sell them. But it's not just, hey, look at me, look at me. Do you want to talk, like, let's talk about my products for you. Yeah, exactly. There's a couple of things that are just blaring in my mind right now. And the first one is, you know, so many people are putting together, you know, this trial by error thing, which is great. So before I say this, I want to preframe by saying this entire process is trial by error. What yeah. works? What isn't, doesn't? Isn't it life? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not taking a jab at trial by error, but so many people see a message that they're like, oh, this, this seemed to work for me. So I'm going to send it out. And in their head, they're already expecting a no. You know, and so they're already sending this out going, I don't know if this is going to get a response. I don't know if you're sending a message out 
and you don't know if they would respond to that message, what the heck are you doing send, sending it out? Like, yeah. why not adjust your message to where you actually expect a response? Because yeah. if I look at a message and say, I don't actually know if anybody's going to respond to this, like, would I respond to it? Like, that's you saying this message freaking sucks. Yeah. And I yeah. need to and change so you, it. No, right? one, no one in today's world is proposing to someone that they don't know is going to say yes, right? Exactly. Um, and the other thing is, and this is, I think, what gets lost so much. Um, I was at the dog park maybe, I don't know, four or five months ago. And I had this like, all of a sudden awareness just hit me that every single time somebody engages in a conversation with me, every time somebody picks up the phone, every time somebody takes time to, you know, talk to me about my day, they are investing their most precious resource in me. Right. And so many times we take those moments for granted because it's, hey, how you doing? It's a quick phone call. We forget that every single time somebody chooses to engage with us, whether it be in person or virtually, that is their most precious resource. So how can we expect somebody to invest their most precious resource in us when we haven't even taken the time to invest in them to find out what's valuable? Yeah. So if you're not getting that message back, maybe you haven't done enough to look through their feed. You know, most people, if you look through their feed on Facebook, you'll see a problem that they're addressing. You'll see something they've posted that's important. You'll see a pic. If you look at my Facebook, you're going to see a picture of a million pictures of my dog. Like soon you to be dog, dog talking with dog buttons. talker, right? You'll be able to see the videos of this. That's you don't have to engage with people in business related content, engage with people with something that's interesting to them. If you see them asking, Hey, does anybody know where I can find introduce them to somebody that you know, that might be able to help. If you see them talking about a problem they're having and you have a podcast episode or a piece of content Tag them in that piece of content, send that to them, do something to get their attention, show them that you've invested time in them before you expect them to invest time in you. And, you know, like I always say, uh, the prescription before diagnosis is malpractice. And so unless you ask discovery questions and learn about the person first to, to get clarity on their problem or to help them get clarity on their problems, you can't prescribe a solution until that point. Yeah. And, you know, the the attention grabbing side of things like is so important that we talked about. And at the same time, it has to be done differently. It mm -hmm. used to be that you could just send a video through Messenger and someone would be like, oh, like this person's sending a video. They must care. But now everybody's being told to send a video right. and it's not working. In my law firm, I got this package probably six months ago where it was somebody who wanted to talk to me about marketing services for my law firm. And it was a cardboard box that they had put a screen into and they had recorded a personalized message to me. Oh, and instead cool. of sending it over email, mm -hmm. they mailed it to my yeah, office to where I've I had to those. open it, That's which cool. was really cool. Yeah. The attention grabber, we think of attention grabbing as um, exciting laughter, crazy, you know, doing crazy voices, the video, whatever it is. But what if you could have grabbed people's attention by solving a problem that they've already mm -hmm. expressed that they need solved by yeah. just doing a little bit of research? Yeah. Yeah. And so while we're, you know, going through this whole thing of like, okay, you need to put yourself out there and, and you have to reach people if you're being hesitant about it. Um, what can you do 
to not be spammy, not sound spammy. We went through a bunch of tips for that stuff, how to you know make connections, how to add value first, how to show up in the feed so that your presence is there and they know your intentions are good. Um, but then there's sometimes, even when your intentions are good, that the message is received differently, right? And you mentioned this earlier in the show uh, where no matter how good your message is or, or how well-intended you are, how non-spammy it is to you, there are people who just have a different mindset or limiting belief or just different perspective on money and sales conversations, right? And so a story I was telling you in the pre-show was a couple months ago for one of the PodMax events, you know, I posted on Facebook, if anybody was interested in in getting on more shows and, and this kind of thing, and a bunch of people commented. So I started DMing them and learning about them. So this one person, I DM, I learn about his, you know, his business situation. If he wants, you know, he says he wants to get on more shows. Would it be beneficial for your business? It is all this kind of stuff. Tell him, you know, he's on the other side of the world actually. And so I said, you know, this is an East coast thing, nine to five. So I don't know if it really makes sense for you. And he's like, oh, well, it sounds really awesome. I'm super into it. And uh, you know, I explained, it's like, it's not just that you get on three shows in one day, but we have these, you know, three great workshop keynote sessions with these great, you know, you know, influential people, with uh, great experience and credibility that are gonna help teach you how to do things that you wanna do in your business. You get connected to all these people in the community, blah, blah, blah. He says, this sounds awesome, You know, send me the info. And so I send him a link to podmax.co and he messages me back and he says, I have to pay for this? So you're trying to sell this to me. And I said, well, first of all, this is not my company, so I'm not benefiting, I mean, you know, we're all friends here. I said, these, you know, um, yes, I'm recommending a great conference that solves the problem you just expressed to me that you want solved. Uh, and you have to pay a couple hundred bucks for it. Yeah. And he said, oh, okay. And I said, well, are you offended that it costs money? And he says, no, just surprised. And then he stopped talking to me. And there's some people that for whatever reason, expect everything to be free. And there's nothing you can do about it. There's some people that just have that that mentality and we have to know, okay, I'm coming from a good place. I did my homework. Uh, you know, I'm diagnosing problems. I'm, I'm coming from value first. I'm not, this is not all about me. It's not about my products. It's about me making a connect. It's about us getting connected so I can learn about them. I'm doing my best here to come from this non-spammy positioning. And it just, they, they just, can't get their head around something uh, that costs money for whatever reason, right? So we have to know, hey, there's going to be people out in the world. We have to accept that. And look, if you talk to a lot of people, you're going to get a lot of different responses and a lot of different personality types. And that's okay. You know, that's just part of the process. And so we, we have to accept that also where we can't let those random one-off people knock us off course from really spreading the message out to the world that we want to make an impact on. Yeah, I think that that's super important to understand because this is where the fact that everybody that walks around in front of us, everybody that we interact with is just a projection of what's important to us, right? Mm -hmm. Because we see what's important to us. So if, if I'm describing you, Todd, to somebody, and then somebody else is describing Todd, you're going to get two different descriptions of who Todd is because there's different parts of his personality that are important and to each of us and create that friendship, right? So sales and connecting with others is no different. And there's a couple of different things that come into play here. If you send, let's just assume that your message is salesy, 
it sucks. It's awful. You want um, to go from intention to objective in one message. If you send that to Todd, he may not get offended. He just may be like, hey, this is this is spam and right. I'm not going to respond. If you send it to somebody that you don't know has a background in car sales where maybe they were told that this is how they had to act. And that's the reason that they left that field. And anybody who tries to sell them anything triggers those feelings and emotions that they had when they were in car sales. When you're going to get a response back, that's probably going to tell you that you're an awful human being. And, <laughs> and is that right or wrong? It depends on who you ask. So you have to take a look at, is the message that I sent in alignment with me? So when you get feedback, good or bad back, if you get good feedback back, you should be asking, what about this worked? What about this was great? Maybe, maybe what could I have changed? If you get constructive criticism back, the question should be, okay, is this really about my message or is this about them? Mm -hmm. And if it's about them, there's nothing you can do about it. But right. if there's something in your message that you're like, you know what, maybe I could have phrased this differently, or maybe I didn't do enough research because I promise you, if you mass send a hundred people, the same message, it's not going to land with a hundred people. But if you learn about them, like we've been talking and you change a couple of words around and you make it personal, you're going to get a much better return rate. So yeah, understanding sure. like, was it this person? Is there something in their background that make them lash out at me? Outside of marketing and feeling spammy and just going into the world of communication and personal growth, this is the number one thing that repaired my relationships with my family and friends is understanding that other people's reactions aren't about me, that I am responsible for determining whether my conduct was within what's important to me and they are responsible for determining their reaction. And I can't control that. This is no different. Yeah, yeah, totally. So the last thing that we want to hit on here, you mentioned something before about the videos getting sent a video. At first, it was like, oh, this person sent me a video. This is cool. And then you started getting a bunch of them. And it was like, oh, this is now spam. And so this is really what's called like market saturation, right? It's when it, it, it's when we hear everyone say marketers ruin everything. This is what they're talking about. It's because once something starts to work, it starts to spread like wildfire and everybody does it. And then it gets taken advantage of. And it's like hearing the same joke a million times. You might hear a joke the first time and you just belly laugh. You fall on the floor for 10 minutes laughing. But then if you've heard that joke a hundred times, the hundredth time you hear it, you, you, you know, you might you know, chuckle or not and you get on with your day or then it becomes, Oh my God, that joke's so corny. and so old. I've heard it a million times. And that's what happens with marketing messages and marketing tactics. And so, the stuff that works, and, and this also depends on the audience that you're targeting, right? Like if you go after a certain, you know, if you go after small business owners, small business owners are seeing a certain type of messages all the time. But then if you go after HR directors, well, HR directors might not be seeing those kind of messages. So something that works towards one audience might not work for another, another and vice versa. Or if you're going after busy moms versus uh, you know, work from home dads, like, you know, the, they're everyone's every group of people, every niche is seeing different things a lot. And that's the importance of understanding the marketplace that you're in so that, you know, what is my audience seeing all the time that is not going to be as potent when I put it out there. And so stuff might start to work and you just have to pay attention. So, Hey, this is, this is something new and innovative. I'm trying and it, it landed, it works. I'm getting traction. 
I'm going to, you know, push it, max it out, but then no, it will eventually, the, the well's going to run dry because everybody starts doing things when they work. And so that's why whenever I'm coaching our clients or my team, when we're building out messaging frame, messaging uh, sequences, it's all around having freedom in a framework and understanding the different stuff that we've talked about earlier in season three is like, what are the topics and angles and, and touch psychological touch points that people need to hear about, but the way you deliver them is going to change. Yeah, absolutely. And no matter what industry you're in, no matter who you're talking to, the reality is that all human beings love to talk about what they're doing, what they're interested in. This is why sales goes wrong so many times is we want to say, hey, look at me. When instead we should be letting the other person talk because more, I tell this to my clients all the time, whether it's criminal defense or immigration, the more you talk, the more you give the other side stuff to work with. Now, my <laughs> clients, I'm really trying to keep some stuff quiet, right? Um, I, it's not the same when you're in this in this business relationship, but the idea is the same. Mm -hmm. The more that you allow them to say, the more you get to know what's important to them. And this is the really important part. So please hear me if you're listening to this um, for the purpose of being able to determine whether or not your product or solution solves their problems. Yep. Not for the purpose of selling them, not for the purpose of shoving your product down their throat, not for the purpose of, of getting them to pay you money. The question should be, does my product, service, or solution solve their problem? If the yep. answer to that is no, don't be a jerk. Like walk away <laughs> and introduce them to somebody because you're just yes. going to burn that relationship and everybody yeah. they know. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Discovery and diagnosis first before prescription. And, you know, when we talk about when it comes to sales and marketing conversations, one, I always say marketing is has has to be a dialogue, not a monologue. And the same thing goes for sales. The salesperson should really only be talking like 20% of the time and listening the rest of the time. And when we think about what we want to happen here and we think of things as a customer journey we want to guide someone from where they're currently at to get clarity on their problem diagnose the situation if it's a fit yes great let's continue the conversation now and talk about how we can help you solve it but that entire thing is about empowering them to move forward on their customer journey and if all we do is talk about ourselves we're actually putting them on a detour from their own self-discovery and decision and epiphanies of coming to do business with you. And so the more you talk, the more detoured they're going to be off the path of buying. And you want to be a guide who's helping guide their steps and, and self-discovery. You want to educate and empower them to make good decisions for themselves, as opposed to you talking their ear off and just pulling them off the beaten off the path to success. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that no like, and trust factor again, mm -hmm out of virtual and into real life. Um, I'm not going to say the word never because I've been to some bad networking events. But <laughs> for the most part, usually you wouldn't walk into a room of, of people and just start asking for their credit card for stuff that you haven't even talked to them about. Um, yeah. I did, however, have um, it was amazing. This little boy um, was like 15. No, it wasn't even 15. 
I think he was 10 and he does marketing and he animates your logo. And he meant to ask for my business card and he asked for my credit <laughs> card instead. And he's like, can I just have your credit card? And I was like, dude, this guy is ballsy, right? He's brazen. <laughs> um, and his dad was like, I guess we have a new strategy. And I was like, here's my card. Right. So the, um, the reality is you wouldn't walk into a room and start asking people for their credit card. Mm -hmm. So we go into this virtual space and people forget how to act like you, you would get kicked out of that room in a heartbeat. Right. Yeah. So stay in the room, stay in the conversation, build the same no like, and trust factor that you would build with them in person in the virtual setting, get to know them. Once yeah. they know, like, and trust you, the rest is just determining whether it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, yeah, totally. So quick recap here uh, on making sure that you can get yourself out there without having to feel spammy. And if you are putting yourself out there already, check yourself to make sure that it isn't being received as spam. Uh, but go out there with good intentions to connect with people. Make sure you're putting out value first. You're asking questions and you're discovering if this person is going to actually be a good fit and worth having a further conversation with about your products or services before you start prescribing solutions to them, right? Make connections and be persistent with value first content. Check out Mike Ham, the morning spotlight for a great example of that stuff, putting out great content regularly so that people can see him and know that he is well-intentioned and adding value to the marketplace. And that raises up the awareness and the know, like, and trust and all the equity in the marketplace. So that people will start going to you. Oh, and for the record, Mike has been hitting his sales goals faster in, uh, since he started his podcast because of all the content he's putting out than he was prior. Um, and that's even through, uh, the pandemic when real estate industry was not exactly doing great in the beginning there. Um, and make sure that you are, you know, coming from that place of serving versus just pushing sales, understanding that, yeah, you know what, there's going to be some random people out there that might knock you off balance, but it's going to happen. Don't worry about it. As long as you're going through, you know, the, the value first approach, you'll be good. Um, operate within a, a framework, what we call freedom within a framework so that you're not oversaturating a market and telling the same joke to people who have heard it a hundred times. Um, and make sure that you are asking questions and listening so you can guide people on their journey and not derail them onto your own journey. Yeah, I love all of that. And the last thing that I'll add to that is just understanding that none of this is hard. It mm -hmm. does require you to be willing to step into a place where you're going to be imperfect, mm -hmm. to be willing to accept feedback that might not be what you want to hear and act on that feedback and to be intentional in the actions that you're choosing and why you're choosing them. So it's, you know, so many people will say, Hey, like this is just, it's just hard work. It's not hard work. It is work. And you, you know, you get to decide how important it is to you. If you have a business and you have sales goals, it should be pretty dang important. Yeah. And I would love for everybody listening, if you found this conversation valuable, if you could share it or even better, go to onairbrands.com slash show to get the episode link for episode number 15. And when people start sending you messages that feel a little spammy, shoot them a link to this episode and say, hey, check this out. I think that uh, it could help you get a better response from the messages you're sending out. That would be super awesome. If you want more from Amber and all the great stuff she's doing, check out morethancorporate.com and we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Okay. You are now tuned in to the Honor Brands 